0: Welcome to The Nature Photographer on Wild and Expose, your source for the behind-the-scenes secrets of today's top photographers working in wildlife, conservation, and fine arts. The Nature Photographer is produced in collaboration with NANPA, the North American Nature Photography Association. Thanks for joining us
1: everybody. Welcome to the Nature Photographer Podcast. We are doing one of our short episodes for you today where we're going to answer one of our member questions. So for today we have um, myself, I'm Dawn Wilson, and we also have Jason Loftus, Ron Hayes, and Mark Raycroft here. So we're going to kind of dive right into today's question, which came in from Bob. So he was asking, he is actually looking at purchasing a canon six hundred millimeter lens or add a lens like that to his collection, but he's finding that a new one is pretty pricey, so he has some questions he went he was curious to see if we had any advice on buying used lenses. So what do you guys have to kind of help Bob out here?
2: I'm gonna let Mark go first and get the get that out of the way.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't even know what's coming to get out of the way, but all right, okay. I oh, wasn't expecting that. I don't have as much experience as my co hosts here in the world of used photography equipment. But I have to say, I started out that way, a little bit of a story, back in 1991, yesterday. Just yesterday.
2: Is that even relevant anymore?
0: No, I know. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody, the 80s were so good. I mean, for those of us that experienced the 80s, and I'll, I'll throw this out there. My son's 23, and, we, and when something comes on, like the 80s radio on, on on satellite radio or something, he actually its coming back around. It's just saying. So, 91's almost cool. Almost.
3: Flores- fluorescent colors and all.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean. All right, so many little tangents here. (laughs) So I was just starting out in photography, and I was taking a professional photographer in the field with me. I was doing deer research, so I knew where all the deer were in this area. He asked me to help him along to get better pictures. So I took him out, and I had the park that I was working for. I had their equipment. I was in university doing this study. He had his professional equipment. We found a bedded buck that was backlit, beautiful evening light, and we each took the pictures. Now, just to stop quickly, we couldn't see the pictures because this obviously was pre-digital. So I had to stop and think about that. I looked through his camera and lens, and the difference in the professional glass versus the standard glass was so noticeable. That convinced me that I had to change if I was serious about becoming a nature wildlife photographer and get good quality professional glass. Now, the problem with that is the cost. Of course, the camera body is super important. These two pieces of equipment marrying together to create the best imagery. But the glass is critical, you have the best glass you can afford. But as, this, as Bob pointed out, a professional telephoto lens can be very costly. And in this case, I was able to buy my friend, his name was Robert McCaw, a very, very talented nature photographer, buy his 400 5.6 all manual lens back in that day, but it was Nikon with ED glass that changed the quality of my images for the next six or eight months until I upgraded to a 500 F4, knowing the difference that that would again be another big leg up on what the 400 5.6 offered for light and other well, that was the big thing is light, but the glass was also a little better too in the five hundred back then, all manual. So the first telephoto I started out with was man or was used, I should say, but I did buy it from uh, a friend that I that I knew quite well. And and that's the only time that I personally have bought any professional, any camera or lens used myself, and you know I recognize that that's due to good fortune. I, I'm grateful to have been able to always step up and buy new equipment with, not necessarily every generation as a professional over the past thirty years. Um, that's scary, but. You know, I, every couple, every two or three generations, the technology improves enough to warrant it, and I've upgraded that way. And when I went to sell my used equipment, it was either to friends that were doing something similar and upgrading, wanting a newer version, and because they were friends of mine, I didn't worry about them. And I'd say, yeah, sure, uh, here's the equipment. They paid me, and I said, but if you don't like it, hey, next week I'll buy it back from you. No stress, right? Except there was one other time I, I had collected so much used equipment not selling it individually i just sold it all to uh, a big retailer one go so i know you guys have a lot more field experience handling used equipment that way and and just to quickly outline you know my philosophy has always been there's so many moving parts in lenses or camera bodies now I, i recognize that the vast majority of the time buying something used i'm sure well would would probably work out to be fine but i don't want to take that risk personally i I, i'd like to get the most up-to-date piece of gear with a warranty especially with some of the new ones coming out because you know things aren't always perfect with some of the newest models so the warranty helps that way and then there's there's no there's no headache with the worry about purchasing used and and where it's coming from again unless maybe i knew somebody but So I've just shied away from used equipment because I I don't want to risk having something that has an imperfection already because there's so many other aspects to what we do. The time that all of us, no matter what level of photographer we are, we put into our trips. You know, we are so excited. We anticipate, look forward to our field adventures so much The cost for some of the trips, not this year, of course, because so much of it's in our backyard and what we can do locally um, or within driving distance of where we live. But traditionally, when we travel, we invest a lot into a trip. A trip might cost five or six thousand dollars to go and do half a month somewhere. And not only that, we take that time and we want to get the images to collect the best images possible when the magic happens, that we have to rely on this gear. We don't want problems with the gear. So as professionals, that's why you see so many people gravitating toward these big brand names like Nikon, like Canon, and Sony now, uh, just because of the track record and, and the confidence that the product, that we can put into the product. That, these are our tools. They have to work in the field because there's so many other moving parts to our travels that are either costly or mean too much to us. And that's, a quick summary on why I personally have always leaned toward buying new equipment for what I do versus used. But I do recognize for people who don't have enough money to buy a super expensive telephoto lens and camera, it's something to consider because the best gear will give you the best results. It boils down to that when it comes to cameras and glass. So there could be room for compromise and then it's a matter of, of one's comfort and where they're sourcing it from. You know, is it from a major retailer? Is it from a friend that something that a person can trust? I mean, where's the camera coming from or the lens? So anyway, sorry guys, that's, that's my bit on this Nampa short.
1: <laughs> okay. we have no a, answer. In. It
0: was a short,
1: <laughs> you know, but you know, listening to Mark, that is one of the questions that, you know, Bob didn't mention in his question, but you have to ask yourself, When purchasing gear, what is your goal? Are you trying to sell it to a magazine? Are you trying to make a print for your own personal wall? Or are you just photographing images so that you can post them on social media? And each one of those levels really only requires a certain level of gear, too. You know, there's not necessarily a necessity to buy a $10,000 lens if you just want to post to social media. Now, if you have ultimately the gold that, that you do want to maybe turn some of those money those photos into some money, then yes, then you need to evaluate buying you know, the best glass out there. And I completely agree with what Mark said, that the glass is where you should put your money. If, you, if you're limited on funds, put it into really good glass. The glass will last a lot longer typically than the bodies will.
2: And hold um, its value. Yeah.
1: And hold its Not value. Not just
2: last, but it'll hold its value.
1: Exactly.
2: How about you, Jason?
3: Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience blue it or not either with buying used. I've always, you know, I've been fairly fortunate to be able to buy both OEM. I'm a firm believer in kind of buying OEM and buying, you know, new if I can. Um that's a personal choice and a personal situation. Would I buy something used? Absolutely, especially if I knew who it was coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. I've just never come across a situation where, you know, what I was looking for was available to me from somebody that I knew how they took care of their equipment. Um. So to me, I mean, I you know Harlan Cooper, a friend of mine, we've talked. He's been on the show before. He doesn't buy any lens unless it's used, and he saves himself a lot of money doing so. And his theory is, I still get a great piece of equipment, and I can re- put the rest of that money into trips and go in places. So you know, it's just a really a, you got to be careful if you're buying used. I would definitely agree with that. Um, you need to make sure that the person you're buying it from is somebody that's reputable, that's, you know, got a track record, that will stand behind it if it's there's something wrong with it. You know, there are some retailers out there that will sell certified used equipment, things like that. Um, there's a lot of options out there. And if it's something that's holding you back, I mean, if you can't afford a $12,000 prime and you can find a prime for four or $5,000, then, you know, that's what's holding you back, then do it, you know, especially if it's from somebody reputable. Yeah, I don't know. Um, to me, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, if I had the chance to get it from somebody that I knew, I would definitely do it. So that's not it's not it's not an issue for me of not wanting to have something that's used. It's an issue of me of having the opportunity to have something used from somebody that I that I trust. That really but I know, stuff. yeah, I know Ron has bought used equipment before for sure. Um, and you know, oh, the other thing I was going to say. Is it's funny, right? Because there for a while before the R5 came out and Canon really made this big jump, a lot of Canon equipment was going used for really cheap, and a lot of guys from Canon were bailing and going to Sony. And it's an, it's amazing to me how much the prices of the Canon primes have gone back up now, and people that are looking for um, used Canon primes are you know having a hard time finding them for the the rates that they were used to seeing, maybe even just you know a year ago. So, to, you know, with Canon coming out with that new R5 and some of the announcements they've made, you know, the the value of those used lenses has gone up tremendously. So it's hard to find something that's a real value. I think Harden bought his 800 Prime for $3,000. Wow. So, yeah, right? They're out there to be had. Ron's got a similar experience, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm on totally the opposite end of the spectrum. The only new lens... Well, three new lenses that I've purchased ever are one, the the 200 to 500 when I was running the Nikon D850, because it was a relatively new lens. There weren't used copies out there. And the other thing is there was a little bit of variance between copies. So I wanted to get one new. And then that way I knew, you know, Nikon would stand behind it if it was one of those few that had issues. I would be able to send it back and and get it right back from um from Nikon themselves and I have had good luck with purchasing things on eBay, but I'll tell you I do a couple things number one, if I don't know the photographer or have the ability to see their work, I don't buy from them i don't it doesn't matter if they have a hundred percent you know positive rating or not. That is another requirement that whoever I do buy from, if it's on eBay, they have 100% positive rating. Uh, The other thing that I look for is people that have sent it to Canon Professional Services or Nikon Professional Services. It just shows that they've taken care of their gear. It also shows that a, a Canon or Nikon or a Sony technician, depending on which company you go through, has had their hands on that. They've looked through it. It may not be certified necessarily, but you know, they've had their hands on it. You know, they've looked at it. And if there was issues, they would at least make the recommendation to address it. And I ask the seller to send me a picture of the return slip from the NPS or CPS. And I guess, I don't know, Sony, is at SPS? Um, but I have them send me a picture of that sheet because it will list those recommendations or it'll list anything that was in fact fixed or any concerns So that I can see and evaluate, you know, whether or not I want to make that purchase. The 200 to 400, I did not want to purchase through eBay, even though I could have saved myself, you know, probably another thousand dollars. I purchased that one through lens authority and Jason kind of alluded to it uh, just a moment ago. Lens authority is a certified seller. So they have a one year warranty on anything that they sell. Now understand that everything that they sell has been in their rental pool because Lens Rental sells their glass through Lens Authority, okay? But they have certified technicians that go through everything before they sell it. And I would say, if anything, their evaluation system at the end, they evaluate it for cosmetic functionality. Um, there's a couple other, couple other things. If anything, they're a little bit conservative. So if they say it's a good lens when you get it, if they say it's like new, it is absolutely pristine. If they say it's good, might have a couple cosmetic blemishes, but functionality is perfect. And, uh, that saved me that, uh, 200 to 400 was an $11,000 lens, $11,000 plus. If you purchased it new, I got it for 6,200 and I also ended up getting two neutral density filters, uh, with that that are drop-ins, so I can use those for video, um, and a nice case with that, so just be very careful who you purchase from, make sure you do a little bit of research on them, don't just look at their five-star rating, look through their first hundred uh, people that have commented on them, and if you see just the blanket, great transaction, you know, look a little bit deeper, try to find comments about their customer service, try to find comments about their shipping, their the care of their products, that kind of thing. So do a little bit of research if you're purchasing from eBay. But Lens Authority, if they say it's excellent, like new, in good condition, you can buy it and and not have too much concern. They they've always been spot on and they do stand by their products. The last lens that I just got recently was a 600 f4 it was a L two and Jason talked about Harlan getting the 800, which I think is an L one lens, right? I think there's only one version of that, um, for 3000 and I, the 600 L two is again, a $12,000 lens and I got it for $3,000, but it was from somebody that, you know, I saw it, I knew who she was. As a photographer, I knew where she lived. She lives in northwest Wyoming. Um, She had some health trouble that caused her to have to give photography up. And uh, she wanted the lens to go to somebody that would put it to good use. And, you know, that's an investment that I could turn around and double, if not almost triple, my money on. Because it is absolutely pristine. And it came with some extras again. But... That's one that I think I'm gonna hang on to for a while, <laughs> so they do have one version that's newer, but you know to go back to to mark's point i I fully understand that, and if I could have afforded to buy new back then i I never would have traveled, but I would have had great glass, so <laughs> that money that i that I saved was my travel money um and I have no complaints about any of the gear that I bought. Used really,
1: yeah, like anything, I think it's doing the due diligence. It's mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it's buying from somebody that you know or buying from a re- reputable store. I personally kind of stay clear of some of the the auction websites just because there is so much variability in who you're dealing with out there. but you know some of the big retailers have some really good um, use sections on their websites where they, they rank mm-hmm. them all. Um, I know people that I haven't personally bought through any of them, but the, most of my used gear has come from, um, from people that I know that have been selling it. So like you said, Ron, it's, I know how they've, they've taken care of it. I've known how they've maintained it. The other thing too, we haven't talked too much about is refurbished gear. Um, not so much with lenses, but definitely with bodies, you see a lot of refurbished gear out there. And one of the reasons that I like the refurbished products is that, you know, that they've gone back to the manufacturer and they've been inspected, you know, they make sure that they're working, they've cleaned up, they fixed any issues that were on those, those products. Now you do give up a little bit of a warranty when you buy some of the refurbished gear and they tend to be, you know, they come and go, you know, they're not, they're not always stock. So it's, you know, you might hear about it. And so there's some, some of the bigger retailers out there, you can sign up for emails from them and, and they'll let you know when they have some come in or build a relationship with the sales rep and let, you know, say, Hey, I'm, you know, whatever your local camera store is and just tell them, Hey, I'm looking for this particular lens and they'll do the legwork for you. They'll, they'll start doing some, you know, they want to make that sale and they'll, you know, so again, you've got to build a relationship, make sure you're dealing with somebody reputable, but on the flip side, you know, they might be able to get you a pretty good deal on those things. The other thing too um, is that if, if it's for a particular trip or if it's not something that you think you're going to use in the long term. Look at renting something, rent something for for one trip or for you know a special occasion, and see what you like of it, and see if it is something that you, you know, before you invest a lot of money in it, and try it out. Um, the other thing we were talking about, especially with something like the 600, and I did this for a little while. I had a 200 or 400, like Ron did for my Nikon, and I used a teleconverter on it. You know, it, it was a another less expensive way to kind of buy me some time while I saved up money to, to buy the 500 millimeter lens. You know, those, the teleconverters have gotten really good over the years. There's, you know, there used to be a time where you just wouldn't want to use them. The autofocus was, could be a, a bit of a headache. The glass wasn't as good and you would lose some some sharpness. But I think the teleconverters have really improved and the newer ones that are out there. And those are only a few hundred dollars compared to several thousand for a lens, you know, upgrading to to a longer lens.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, there's companies like our sponsor Precision Camera also. They sell used gear. They sell new gear primarily, but they sell used gear. And the other advantage that they have is if you call in, schedule an appointment, you have a technician or a salesperson there to talk to you and kind of talk through some of those used gear issues if that's what you're looking at. So they can can sit there and tell you everything about the lens because it's literally right in front of them. And I think that's one of the best things that they that precision camera brings to the table, is the ability to get a hold of somebody and have that personal interaction.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a great benefit. Like, I, people ask all the time, right? I'm just wanting to get into photography. What would you recommend? And my standard answer anymore is to go get signed up for an interactive. <laughs> session with those guys. Cause they can run you through your budget, through all the different options that, that, you know, you and I and Mark probably couldn't even begin to understand or imagine. So that's a, that's a good point, Ron. It's a good idea.
1: So, yeah, it always works towards building those relationships, right? Yeah. So, so you can kind develop of develop
2: the network with the salespeople too, not just, not just photographers in the field or landowners, but with sales reps and, and camera reps. So that you can talk to them. I mean, I literally had representatives from Canon that told me don't, you know, buy this one new, buy this one used. Because you can get good, great glass used. And, you know, Mark alluded to it earlier. And we, you know, other people have mentioned it. Glass holds its value, but it also lasts forever. I mean, unless it's dropped, you're really not going to. Or you know, we, we get, uh, weather issues, be careful buying from place with high humidity because that's where the fungus comes from inside the glass and that'll jack things up. But, um, you've got those camera reps that, that can kind of talk you through some of this, what to look for type, uh, type questions that you may have, or that you might not even know you need to have. So
1: these are all great
2: points. Good question.
1: Very good question. So thank you, Bob. Thanks very much for your, for sending in your question. If there are other NAMPA members out there, or if you're a, a non-NAMPA member, we'd love to have you join us. And, but you can submit some questions through our Facebook page, which is um, the NAMPA Picks on Facebook. So we are always looking for new ideas, new questions, new information that people are looking to get from the group here. So again, thank you very much, Bob for your question and thanks to Ron, Jason and Mark for joining me today on the, this episode of the Nature Photographer podcast brought to you by Nampa and Wild and Exposed. We'll see you next time.